Hey, it's Ashley Nicole. I appreciate y'all for listening and hopefully you're all getting your, keeping your cheeses on your crackers. I'm dropping in on this episode to give you some goodies. Have you been wanting to get into the podcast game and don't know where to start? I got you. I have answers. If you haven't already heard about Anchor by Spotify, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. Anchor has everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Let me say it again um, in case you missed it. Everything that you need to make a podcast is conveniently in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Free 99, zero dollars, zero cents. So go ahead and download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and get started now. I can't wait to listen to your podcast too. I do appreciate you guys' insights. So during this part of the discussion, I kind of want to shift the focus a little bit. We would like to discuss how gender plays a role in the um, the Black Lives Matter or the Black mental health movement in the current atmosphere. Um, what role do you feel that your gender plays at this moment? And how do you believe it impacts your mental health? Like speaking from a male perspective, Black male perspective, how do you think that impacts your mental health at this point in time? I want to start with Chiz. All right, let me take that off mute. Okay, um, I well from a black male perspective, um, I think I, I, uh, I think I really want to take it from the instance of what we see happening to to, to black women in our community right now. Um, I think it's being it's a more onus on us to step up um, and protect black women. Um, we see things like with Breonna Taylor. Um, oh wow! Oops. <laughs> you saw that. We see things going on with like Breonna Taylor and multiple different black women constantly being, um, you know, attacked in the streets by by black men. Um, so it's more of a conversation about how we protect our own and our community and what our place is um, and how we step up and we begin to lead again. Um, I think that's a, a really big problem and something that we need to put a lot more emphasis on um, within our community. And then at the same time, um, for for black for black men as well, we need to be okay with saying um, our our feelings, getting out what is bothering us, um, being willing to check on one another, um, being willing to say, "Hey, something is bothering me, and I need support." We see it kind of happening right now with people like you know Kanye West right now. Um, mm-hmm. For the longest, it's been some you know mental things that have ailed him, and in our community we didn't necessarily pay attention to it. We made jokes about it. Um, so we just need to one, come back to a circle, take our place and be leaders within our community, step up, protect our women. And at the same time, understand that we have a place to where we need to create a environment where it's okay for black men to say, Hey, I'm going through something mentally or emotionally. I'm going to be willing to support one another. 
Thank you for that. I want to backdoor off of that. So you kind of touched on something that I've been talking on with my friend groups as far as like current event wise, it's all a mess. But with this pandemic, there's been a great misstep with leadership. When you say as far as um, leadership in the black community and protecting black women, what kind of things do you have in mind or what kind of suggestions if someone was to reach out to you today and say, hey, we need an action plan. What kind of um, steps would you kind of would you suggest for leaderships in the black com- leaderships for leadership in the black community and for um, what does protecting black black women look like? I think it's I think it starts off really simple to be quite honest with you. And, um, you know, I'm friends with Shan as well, you know, not only on social media, but in real life. And I believe it was an incident that he was involved in with a black with a black woman where, you know, he had an opportunity to step in and kind of, you know, be a protector. And he did that. So when you see someone in our community, you know, I know the emphasis right now is on black women, but black women, children, men, period. If you have an opportunity to step up and be a force, do that. Um, It's kind of like paying it forward. Right. Um, If you do it for one person it kind of has a trickle down effect. So I would say just start off within your own community. Um, And then not only that, if you have an opportunity to build with someone, if you have an opportunity to help someone, we can start off really, really small. And when we talk about our leadership, I think also we need to, you know, kind of turn away from idolizing celebrities and looking for celebrities to lead the way and step up in our individual communities, right? Um, When we talk about the the pandemic, when we talk about, um, the, the, the protests and things that were going on, get out there in the streets, get out there, have your voice heard, build with the youth and, you know, kind of direct them in the right path. Um, so leadership starts at home individually with each one of us. Um, and I think if we have that idea that, Hey, I could start off by just affecting one person and being there for one person and helping one person, you know, climb and achieve, it will continue to be a trickle down effect. And that's how we can potentially get to you know, the unity aspect that we need within our communities. All right. Thank you for that. Um, that point of view. I have a question. I'm kind of on this subject and whoever, whichever you guys want to take that one. I'm um, speaking on like protecting black women and the leadership aspect in black mental health. What exactly um when you hear protect black women, I've seen so many comment sections just light up because we in there, I'm saying we because I'm a woman. Um, uh, they're independent they don't need us to this that and the third how do you feel protecting how how do you feel that should be addressed like are there certain criteria to that a woman should meet before she should be protected or should we just nip that conversation and somebody step up and say hey do it so i'll start off with this um just to go off of what uh, Chiz was saying, so um, you know, I was driving one night um, at a at a um, and I stopped for gas, and I stopped and I see this black woman. You know, she's she's yelling at these two white guys, and they're yelling back at her. So I'm like, I'm trying to find out what she's telling them to leave her, like leave me alone, and mm-hmm. uh, stop. Like they they're they're you know harassing her, calling her names and everything like that. So I'm looking at all these people staring at her and not saying anything. So I step up and I just walk up and I walk up to her side. Like, I don't know this woman for nothing in the world. That is what, you know, and, and then they see me and they, they like start backing away and stuff like that. And like, they like, they like, you know, he don't look like he playing games. So like, it's that. 
it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter if I know you or not. If I see you in trouble, you're supposed to step up. God forbid something happens. I would rather be known for trying to help someone and then, you know, be sitting here like I was just a bystander and I didn't do anything. Like, how does, how, how would, how would you look? How would my, my mother, my grandmother, my aunts and everything like that look at me? And I was just sitting there standing uh, as a woman is being harassed by two men and nothing and nobody, everybody's just watching. Um, so, you know, it starts with just making sure that you do something if you see it. For, that's first and foremost. If you have friends, if you have home, if you got, you know, friends or anything like that, that, you know, uh, are, are, are do extra stuff with women, um, questionable stuff with women, step up to that friend. Because it, it, it may not be a friend at all, after all, if they're uh, doing stuff like that. So it's, it's constantly just doing everything possible, you know, um, whatever you see, um, um, you know, it's having conversations with women and finding out, you know, the whole, the whole strong, I, I was told, you know, the, the whole strong black women thing, you know, that's cool and all, but you know, they want to be vulnerable too. So saying that, you know, black women could be, um, uh, are, are the strongest and everything. Yes, they are, but you know, they need that support as well from us. And it's, it's actually just listening and, and seeing and, and, and seeing like, you know, what can we do to, to better help you? Um, you know, what, what, um, what is the proper words that we're supposed to say? You know, I, I, I've been personally stopping all my, my boys from even just saying females. It's just, you know, we say women, you know, that's, that's, it's just a start like that. That's like the most important thing. You can start with the small things and being, and being in the moment and, 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 and helping off with that. Then things will trickle down and, and keep going. So that's a good point, right? Um, I appreciate you, appreciate you bringing that up. Um, my next question is really around um, gender roles, right? Um, you know, there's there's a whole concept of traditional gender roles, and whether or not they still exist, or they still are, are something that we can still consider part of our interaction with women um, today. So uh, I'm a I'm a bring re, I'm a revisit the question, right? Um, what role do you feel as a what role do you feel gender plays? Um, in um, the current moment, um, Nick, and you know, what are your thoughts on gender roles? There you go. Man, you muted me. I have a mute button on my computer. I don't need you to mute me. I can mute myself. <laughs> um, nah, but so I've been. I was thinking about this um, and I actually was kind of writing some notes down so I can try to um, keep this all together because this is uh, this is one of the hardest parts of the movement for me right now. Um, and that is the role that black men hold. Um, and it's not just an issue for me within the movement, um, but just within our society in general. Um, because I think black men are one of our biggest hurdles as a community. Um, we are a hurdle that we have to get over. Um, the movement recently has largely been led by women. Um, I value that leadership. I was, got my first opportunity to be in situations where women were leaders when we were in college. Um, in high school, it was white men 
running most of everything, right? Because um, I went to a mixed school. Um, college, I'm, I'm able to see black male leadership, some great, some, and then able to see some black women leadership as well. And for the most part, it was fantastic. Um, I think um, it's important that we step up as black men, um, but that doesn't mean that we can't leave space for black women, for the black LGBTQIA plus community, right? Like there is space for all of us. All of our voices need to be heard because much like um, uh, saying, I know you were talking about training uh, companies on diversity, right? Like, and so much like these companies and their leadership, we need a wider perspective on what our condition is. Because as black men, we do not endure all of the same issues that some of the black women endure, that the black queer community endures, that black children might be enduring. You know what I mean? And so it is important for us to, to realize that as we step up, we do not have to take over and push others aside, right? Um, there is space for all of us to be heard. Um, I think it's also hard because we would disrespect vilify and and harm black women and, and the black lgbtqia plus community particularly the t right black trans people are in great danger and largely from us you know um and i don't feel like that's okay because these are still black people and so how they decide to live and express their lives um who they feel or who they know that they are you know, them, themselves, the, the person that they need to be worried about, that shouldn't affect us, especially not to the point of violence, right? Um, we're talking about protecting Black women. I think Black people as a whole need to do a better job of protecting Black people, mm -hmm. all of us across the board, right? Um, and then lastly, I mean, the patriarchy as a whole is just not something that I've been super comfortable with. It doesn't really get us to the place that I think that we're trying to go as a community, right? Um, and I don't think that that's just black people. I think that as a world community, patriarchy has not worked in our favor. Um, and I think there are a lot of longstanding things, largely religion that promote this, uh, you know, and I think we lean into it. Um, but at the end of the day, for the, for the men and women who fall into the patriarchy, that then promotes a mindset that uh, a man's point of view is correct. The loudest man, most likely, right? Um, and, and then that pushes on these other things that I just mentioned, right? Like us vilifying and harming these communities simply because some loud man said that that's what we should do or that was okay, or because they didn't say something about it happening, right? Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I think as a black man, um, I should lead if I'm a leader. I think I should step up and ride for mine because I believe in us. I think we all should do that because that's the best way to protect ourselves. Um, I don't necessarily think uh, that because I'm a black man or because I'm a man in general, that there is some specific role that I should hold or that any of us should. And I hope that's a, a good answer for your question. Yeah, that answer, um, I, I appreciate that, um, bringing the full spectrum as us as people, right? Um, I, I think sometimes, you know, and you know, we're all guilty of it sometimes when we're not conscious, 
is that we don't include the other parties that are also involved, right? Um, you know, um, the other group of people are those with um, disabilities, right? Um, deaf people, right? Um, they're getting they're getting it just as bad, if not worse, because sign language is being seen as potential throwing up gang signs. And for those um, in law enforcement that aren't aware or are just lack of a better term, ignorant to it, um, you know, it, it can lead things down towards a very dangerous path for those group of people as well. So I, I really appreciate you bringing that full circle and being able to kind of expand the mindset of, you know, outside of man, woman, it's all the other spectrums of life um, and not just black, white, but everybody. Um, Dev, um, I'd like to, once again, bring back the question, um, as a therapist, um, I think a lot of times, um, you know, we, we, we see the phrase black boy joy, um, but from our conversations, that's not a lot that you deal with. Um, and, and especially in the areas in which you, um, you do work in, it, it's, it's one of those things where joy is not one of the things that they may express often. Mm -hmm. How do you deal with, um, how do you, um, deal with gender as it relates to mental health in the black community, if at all. Um, go ahead. Uh, so that's a tough one, right? So, um, because so because me being a black male clinician, um, I'm like highly sought at sought after. Um, just because in the therapy space there are not that many black men, and Sam can attest to like in our program there are not many black men. And in terms of clinical black men, there are really not that many people, right? Um, so there you have that uh, lack of representation. So whenever there is a client who has a young black boy, um, like they're like super excited just because like that's just one barrier to get them, that's just one barrier removed to get them the help they need. Um, in terms of, because it's, it's a lot of things that, like a lot of people said that I, I wanted to like kind of touch on, but I'm going to stick on to the question that you asked me. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you can, I mean, you know. It was, uh, it was just so much, because it was it was like so many beautiful things, right? Um, I'm like, all right, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. Go ahead, just, just, just touch on each of the topics, and then we can just bring it back. Yeah, so just, so I'm going to touch on something that Nick and Sam said. Um, I'm going to try time together. Um, but yeah, just hit, just hit me um, with the, with the, uh, getting gotcha. back to where we need to be. Okay. Um, like how, like men's role in this, right? So because of patriarchy and because the way, unfortunately, people, like people listen to men, right? Um, so something that Nick says, like just being able to give up space for, black women is major just because people will seek out black men because, Oh, you're supposed to know X, Y, Z, right? All right. Okay, cool. I don't I, like, so certain people like I might, I'm not necessarily expert. I know this black woman is, let me elevate her. So using our privilege to elevate uh, all of our people. Right. Um, and then again, saying, saying, and uh, Chis said this too, it's like starting small, right. Checking our friends, um, because like we all have seen our boys do some interesting things for like a better term, right? Um, uh, some, some questionable things. And it's like, that's not right. Like, I don't know if I can roll with you, 
because you're moving like this. Um, and having that simple conversation is like, hey, bro, like that's not cool. You know what you did right here was not okay. Um, and then addressing it like in your circles. So then like that that little thing will start to trickle down, like by calling women women. Like that's a phenomenal thing, right? It's like it's not, it's not difficult. Like it's not difficult. Um, but it's it's something that that just has to change over time just because of the culture um that we're in. Okay, ask me that so, question. So before you go to the next one, right? I I, I <laughs> my co-host brought to my attention. Um, you know, we are all subconscious of that, right? Yeah. Um, for example, for this episode, confusion going on, right? I was the one getting hit up, right? But yet my co-host was the one planning everything. Um, now, it's probably because everyone was initially associated with me and or um, through that. But, you know, we can see how that sometimes play a role in, in things to your point, right? Mm-hmm. It's, hey, I'm going to reach out to such and such after the fact. Um, and sometimes we subconsciously can be dismissive in that way. You know what I mean? Um, and once again, it's not intentional, mm-hmm. but, you know, I just wanted to like, you know, um, cause, cause Tisa mentioned, sometimes we say these things, but sometimes we don't always, um, follow through follow and up, yep. them all the time. And so sometimes, um, you know, lack of a better term, talk is cheap, right? right. Um, unless you're, um, um, executing what you're speaking about all the time, you know, um, sometimes we all can come off as hypocritical, if that makes any mm-hmm. sense. Um, I, I'll let you finish your point. Or did you have something, actually? I think it's a matter, um, and we'll probably get deeper into this on the uh, the joint conversation. I think it's a matter of things that we're like, we want to be our best person. And all of us in this group, as far as I, I've met and had a chance to talk to all of y'all, we're pretty Afrocentric and respectable. Um, we respect our brothers and sisters. But it's some things like whenever you're doing it, it doesn't really like hit you until after the fact as far as like, okay, so Paige and Ashley, I'm going to respond to Paige or um, things of that nature. So I think um, as far as it's not exactly the talk is cheap. I think it's just that when you look at who's in charge, you look for what's familiar. And especially if you're a man, um, you're going to look for a man to, um, to, to respond to. Absolutely. Like you guys said, you see that all the time. So, Chiz, you seem like you, you had something that you wanted to chime in on because um, you were looking excited. You were, you, were, you were excited back there during the conversation. So um, at this point, I want to give uh, open up the floor to kind of make sure that everyone can get their point across um, as, as this topic. Um, I want to ask this question, right? Um, and anyone can answer in any order, and we're just going to leave the door, floor open. Um, have you ever, as a black man, felt protected? Right? You know, um, when was the last time you actually felt protected um, in a sense where um, almost like no care in the world? Was that, was that for me or for the floor? That's, that's for the floor, but I'm going to let you jump off first. Oh, all right. <laughs> um, I'll be quite honest with you. Um, that for the first time, for the first time in my life, the only time I never felt like I need to look over my shoulder and worry was when we just took the trip to Ghana, to be quite honest with you. Um, 
in America, no matter where I am, like I always feel like I have to be alert. I have to be aware of my surroundings. Um, when I was in Africa, um, I just felt like, yo, like I don't got to worry about anything. Like the vibe was so good. The people were so caring and open. Um, and, and honestly, it's a vibe that I want to get back. It's a vibe that I yearn for now after visiting there. Um, and then sometimes it, it, it kind of makes me question, um, like, what is freedom, right? Because when, when, when we talk about, you know, America being one of the, the best nations on earth, right? It's the best nation necessarily for who? Or what do you consider, you know, being the best, right? Now, we know Africa, I mean, Ghana, we'll use Ghana since we're talking specifically about that country, um, has its own economic, you know, challenges, right? It may not necessarily be the best financial structure. You know, there may be some, you know, living adjustments compared to America, but I'll tell you this, being there was such a vibe, was such a good vibe that did something for your soul, did something for your spirit, and it just made you feel like, I would rather live here <laughs> and deal with, you know, you know, for lack of a better term, the shortcomings that this country has versus, you know, what happens in America. Because like, like a lot of us have, have talked about here, um, there's so many things that go on in this country that has you looking with a side eye. If it's if it's not, you know, the things we have to deal with, with police brutality or, you know, looking at the presidential you know elections that we're going through and different things like that. Um, it's a yearning for us just to feel safe and to feel and to feel comfortable. Um, and I don't know if you necessarily ever truly feel that living in this country because you always have to, you know, be on alert. Mm -hmm. Anybody else? Uh, I go. Um, so I've been sitting here thinking about this the whole time because uh, there's not a time that I can remember where I felt like completely 100% protected, like not a time that I can remember. I'm sure at a certain age um, there I, I did, right? But I think back to like the my youngest memories in life um, like that I have are full of random moments where my mom yells duck. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like we could be driving in the car just in the middle of the day, duck. And if I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like the conversation that's coming after that uh, is significant. And I mean, those moments stick with me. So like, I, I felt like someone was trying to protect me, but I never felt fully protected. I didn't go to Ghana with y'all. Uh, I've never been to Africa. I've been to a black island, um, right? I've never been to the mother continent. I don't know that I would feel fully protected there. I, I would like to believe that I would, but the way that I've been raised literally from birth and the experiences that I've had with others and with us make me apprehensive, right? To, to trust easily and to think that everything is going to be okay. Um, I'm always looking over my shoulder, always. I do not like this, right? I can't stand it. Uh, but I don't think that that's something that I will ever be able to change. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, 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 I'm not sure. And until I take this life 
of seclusion on. But once I do that, the lifestyle is the thing that's looking over my shoulder, right? Like I have pushed everybody away. Like I have separated myself from society completely. I've gone off the grid. That's the same thing. It's the same thing. You know what I'm saying? Like I trust enough to be alone, but not to be with other people. It's, it don't feel safe. Like, I, I don't know that I've had, I don't know that I'll ever have it. I hope to, I hope to, I hope to at least build a world where my grandkids uh, would be able to, right. Or my nephew's kids, if I don't, you know, if my nephew's kids, you know what I'm saying? I, I, w- I would like for there to be a society where we can just raise children and they ain't got to worry about nothing. You know what I'm saying? They can just think about moving up and doing more and more opportunities and more life. Um, but yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't think I have that moment. I don't think I, I don't think I, I have these feelings. I, I hope to, I hope to one day. I hope to. Mm. Mm. That's deep. That's deep. I have a question before we move to the next person. So, how you don't, you don't any kind of ever moment when you were like safe? Um, how do you think that affects your mental health? Um, Ashley, first of all, let me apologize to you because I hit up Purge today to figure out what time this thing was happening. But I don't have your number. Um, and he invited me. I got my bad. I, this is your show. Um, and how do I think that? I'm, I mean, I'm 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 a known paranoid person. Like I think people who know me know that um, I don't have anything to do with smoking weed. Like I've been paranoid forever and in fact the weed kind of helps ease the paranoia um for me um but yeah no, I, I i mean I, I think that's that's been a thing on me ever since i was a kid and i can remember the first time i got stole from uh, you know it was by somebody in our community in a moment where they didn't need to to steal from me you know what i'm saying um mm-hmm. your finger going what's up Oh, but like, what you saying? Yeah, yeah, like, like I was, I was burglared. I don't know. Somebody <laughs> stole some of my property. <laughs> oh, I thought it was playing. Sorry. Oh yeah, you did. But you know, like, I mean, this was still fairly young. You know what I'm saying? And like, this is somebody I'm close to. This is somebody who's stealing something from me that they don't have to steal. That also that they don't need to steal. It doesn't make their life any better. It's just an action, right? Like it was a selfish action. Um, I think Dev wants to say something. Please. Oh no, I was gonna I was gonna finish, but like, I like to Nick's point, right? Like that's like his story. Unfortunately, isn't uncommon, right? And the on the other unfortunate part, going back to the representation, right? A lot of white clinicians, right, will see that and he'll like they'll like Nick will explain his story to somebody. And they're like, oh, he's just super paranoid and all these things and just like try to diagnose him with all these different things and not really having the cultural competency to understand like, oh, okay, because of his neighborhood, because of his upbringing, it makes sense why he is apprehensive to authority. Not saying this is you, Nick, but I'm saying like it makes sense why he's apprehensive of people, of authority, of all these things and just attribute it to, oh, well, his parents aren't doing a good job. X, Y, and Z. And I see a lot of this because I work primarily in schools and with youth. Like you see a lot of this, like teachers just not really understanding um, like where their students are coming from. Um, and yeah, and, and, it's a, and it's a constant thing. So a lot of experiences that folks have in the black community become um, 
demonized for lack of a better term um and like we can't when we try to seek out the help we get met with resistance um and we get met with people's biases so that's why it's so important for uh people of color, black people to see culturally competent therapists if they can't get um, a black therapist. So that was that was all I wanted to say. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna wrap this uh, this section up with Send Dial. I said it right. Send Delay. Send Delay. Yes. I don't understand. Okay, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Delay. <laughs> Your um, thoughts on the topic. What was this one? Um, so mental- have you ever felt safe, right? And oh, okay. I think let's 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 bring into consideration Nick's point, Dev's point, right? Um, some of us, you know, um, you're African. I'm Haitian descent. Um, a lot of the times, what what are one of the things that we had to deal with as a child, right? Um, getting beat up because we were in America. Well, not you, but uh, hey, listen, listen, listen. Uh, so, so, right, so, in this conversation, I had you know, I have my mother's from Kansas City, Missouri. My father's from South Africa, uh, Soweto, South Africa. So, you know, in our own community, um, you know, from my from my African friends, I'm the half breed. Mm. To my uh to my um black friends, I'm the I'm the African, I'm the we the I'm the African Buddhist. So you know it's, it's you get that. So um you know uh you deal with that when you're growing up, you know, I, it, it made me a stronger person. One of the things that my mom always taught me was um if they go crack, you better be able to crack crack back. So like my my joking skills were always on point. So that was my defensive mechanism so yeah i'm 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 african i'm this but you know i i i had the i i used to have you know that was how i felt safe you had to be funny um so um but you know in regards to being feeling safe you know i'm raised by um predominantly you know black women my mother my god family raised uh helped raise me my family's in uh my grandparents you know they're in st louis um my and my other cousins are in south africa so i'm pretty much by myself with my brothers and my mom so you know that's so you know being smart being able to have your have um being quick witted with your responses um i'm learning now you know the to um to not be um not be as emotional with my responses um because sometimes you sometimes i'll go overboard it becomes uh it says you know uh, not it's it's almost like your reaction not not being not using your emotions as a reaction um you know my boys joke around you you a super cancer you know you've but it's it's, it's more more of a more of a uh not being emotional more as a, a passion so yeah. um that's one of the things that you know we uh uh you know in, in regards to and i was in for me in regards to being safe um you know i was an athlete so you know i was you know my my teammates were you know that was safe um for you know that was our family and everything like that um you know but you know going around um i'm from raw new jersey 
Uh, I lived in many places, but if you ever ask me, I claim Broadway, New Jersey. Uh, it's a diverse town, but I was always with me you know, my people. So that was uh, that. That's how I felt safe being around my my friends and you know, um, you know, tough. That's that's what brought you to be tough and and to be and feel safe around. That's cool. That's cool. Those are, those are definitely great points. Um, 